I want to have a conversation with a, with a local photographer who's been trying to draw attention to Islamophobia in Edmonton, and it's through a photo series. You can see it on her Instagram uh, uh, profile and uh, the reason for it. Obviously, we have seen incidents of uh, women in hijabs, uh, obviously Muslim women, if I can say it that way, I guess, you know, because of the dress that are being targeted by some people. Uh, and so it's one way to try to draw attention to the issue and talk about the human beings that that are at the core of this. Uh, Faiza Omer is the Edmonton photographer who has done this series. She's joining us here this morning. Thank you so much for your time this morning. How are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah, you tell me, what was the inspiration for wanting to do this? When, when did it twig in your mind that this was something you wanted to do? Um, so when I saw the increasing attacks that was happening in Edmonton and being a Muslim when, uh, Muslim when myself, um, what made me want to do this is that fear that I felt going to public spaces as well. And, and what? How did you start it? Like, what was the what was the intent as you started this series? What did you want to focus in on? I wanted to humanize people that look like me. Uh, it's pretty alarming that most of the Muslim women that were being attacked are actually Black Muslim women. Mm. Uh, so we chose six black Muslim women from Edmonton and got their stories. Got their stories. And, and so is this primarily through uh, Instagram or is that just one place where you can sort of show some of those pictures? Are there other ways that you can, you can look at them and hear the stories and understand a little bit more about the people behind the pictures? Uh, so Instagram is uh, the primary source. So you can see my Instagram at Omar underscore. Um, there's also an article uh, done by CBC's Black in the Prairies. Uh, so this is a joint project with them, actually. Uh, and so who did you who did you look for? What were you trying to capture in those moments? Um, so what we did is we found um, the different areas where Black Muslim women were attacked in Edmonton, mm -hmm. and we projected that images onto uh, the community members. So we found people that are of different ages, of different occupations in the city, um, and we asked them how they felt about what was happening. It's interesting as I scroll through some of the pictures, uh, what am I seeing? I'm seeing pictures of people smiling, uh, looking beautiful or handsome, just being people. That's, if we can just, if, Boil it down to that. We're just people. Everybody's yeah. people, right? Great. Yeah. It's a way to humanize what's happening. If you see an article, you don't see the person that's hurting behind that, the fear that we have to even, you know, park in a, in, at a grocery store, go to a train stop. So that was the idea. How does it feel for you one, going through the city, uh, going to a train stop or going to a store? Uh, do, do the worst fears run through your head each and every time? Um. I think when an attack happens, definitely that fear comes back at full strength. But, you know, you have to kind of learn to live with it. But there's always that sense of, you know, fight or flight. Like, can something happen? Am I safe? Right? So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What kind of conversations have you had, uh, both from people within the Muslim community, from people outside of the Muslim community, uh, that have been sparked by this photo series? Um, definitely there's a need to be heard. Um, so uh, from these community members that we took photos from, they want people to kind of understand this fear that we have um, and also understand that we are still thriving. That's why I have photos of, you know, joy as well. So there's, it's a juxtaposition of both fear and joy. So mm -hmm. we're thriving, we're still living, but 
this is something that's real and that's going on and affecting our community. Yeah, it's how do you how do you uh, explain to somebody who who isn't living through it uh, the impact that 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 concern or that wonder wondering what's going to happen uh, how that impacts an individual? How do you explain that to somebody who doesn't live it? Uh, so my actual occupation is a mental health counselor, so I can answer that question. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but basically, um, imagine uh, having a safe space that you usually go to that doesn't have fear associated with it, suddenly changing into this place where you have to be alert. So it, you're adding more stress into your life. You're having a stress response from something that used to be just regular, right? You have to switch around um, your normal routine instead of taking the train. Now you need a ride to school or whatnot. So it's just added stress, added anxiety um, instead of just, you know, living regularly. So it's definitely impacting us. What can, what can people who are not within the Muslim community, who, who would not be targeted by Islamophobia, what can other people do? For me, if I see somebody who is, is a visible uh, member of the community, I usually just smile and continue on or I'll hold a door just like with everybody else. It's just about being kind to other people. Is it not supposed to just yeah. be that? Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, what I would say is when these attacks happen, because uh, these attacks are happening in very public spaces, I would advise, you know, maybe pulling out your phone, taking a video from the side. I'm I'm not condoning to just jump in and, and be a boxer, no. no. Uh, I'm, uh, or maybe just stay behind and leave a witness statement of what you've seen, because a lot of these attacks are, are, are actually, um, people don't take videos, but there are a lot of people present, right? And it just helps out later in court proceedings or when the police are trying to gather the story. I just, and you know, even when there isn't like a situation like that, I just want to be able to smile at somebody and say, it's okay, you're safe. <laughs> Don't yeah. worry, you're okay. Yeah. Or you're, you're welcome and we welcome as, as individuals. Uh, I, it shouldn't have to come down to that. I don't necessarily smile at everybody, but it's almost mm -hmm. like if I see somebody uh, who, is, who is a visible minority, visible Muslim, I want to just reach out and say, hey, hey, how's it going? Everything's good. Yeah, that'd, that'd be great if everyone can do that. It, it seems like a it's weird so thing awesome. to have to want to do. Yeah, yeah. And we're all Canadian, right? Yep. So. Uh, yeah. Faisa, this is this is good. Okay, so your Instagram account is uh, Faisa, F-A-I-S-A, -A, and then your last name, O-M-E-R? Yeah. And then underscore. Yep, that's my Instagram. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time and having a chat with us on this, this, this morning. I've, I've enjoyed, they're beautiful photos, too, by the way. They don't just tell that, <laughs> yeah. that story, but they're actually, they're well, well done photos, so thank you for that. Thank you for having me. Yeah, have a great day. Bye. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.